Good evening. Happy New Year. We are welcome Happy to New horror. Year. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. <laughs> I think that sums up sums up the start to this year. Yeah, it is 2024. <laughs> Let's hope it's less wank than the previous years have been in recent memory. <laughs> <sighs> or if you're gonna get worse, that's it. It's just <laughs> Armageddon. <laughs> Go Make it proper out. worse. Yeah, Stop don't don't mess around. Stop shallying. Stop teasing Get it over us. With. Stop tying with me. <laughs> uh, so, I, but I, on that note, I feel we are off to a good start. Mm. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> this evening, we are discussing the 2008 movie, The Cottage. Uh, there are a lot of films with this title, so to be very clear, this is the Andy Serkis and Reese Shearsmith. Oh, phew. Yeah, that should, I, I don't understand. This is one of those films I'd never heard of. I heard somebody cover it on another podcast, and I was like, mm. oh, that sounds interesting. And I've never, hardly ever, apart from people in our circle whom we all watched it together, nobody mm. ever talks about this film, and it's outstanding. Mm. <laughs> Um, it, it's because <clears throat> I think I was only aware of it because I'd heard there was a film with Reece Shearsmith in it. But other than that, never investigated it. I don't think was given the opportunity. Almost, I don't. <clears throat> I don't really remember it being out in the cinema. No. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sort of like just watching it around yours. All of a sudden, it's like, yeah, why the fuck wasn't this out? You yeah, know, or isn't is this a record? Why is there not more, not more noise? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. So before we, uh, before Adam and I launch into our overexcitedness about this movie, Chris, what did you make of your first viewing of The Cottage? Yeah, I'm going to say I don't remember either of you mentioning this before. So you've obviously carried on the the trend of not talking about it. This is the film that must not be mentioned until someone secret. just sees it and they're like, what? Good point, so, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so that I mean that it was a great romp, romping start to this 2024, I would say, and it lured me in as I'm sure it was intended to do. I did not quite see the, I did not see it ramping up to the levels that it hit. <laughs> it, even after it's a strong start and it's very entertaining and it's funny, but yeah, I, and I and I expected it, but not quite where it got mm. to so uh, i mean am i wrong to call it the british chainsaw chuckler when inside <laughs> number nine meets texas horror <laughs> that is perfect that should that is definitely a wonderful alternative title <laughs> yeah like they they hit all the right marks and kept it absolutely british silly humor like all the way through but with some seriously hard-hitting bits the gore in yeah. it is yeah. comedically over the top, but still done fantastic. Done, done well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no shitting about with them. They're proper. <laughs> there are some, ooh, yeah. <laughs> proper those moments, you know. Yeah. And, I, but because uh, when I, I, yeah, I genuinely think for some reason this film just. When you watch it, you love it, and then you just don't seem to pass that on. Yeah. 
I'm the same. I've seen this film maybe a dozen times, but every time within a week of seeing it, I forget it exists it, until it something okay. triggers it, and then I go, <gasps> and I go back and do it again. And every time, I just, I don't know why. I, I so wondered, good. is it something to do with? It's not a big story. It is a bit like a uh, an experience piece. Mm. So is it that you? Yeah, as time goes on, you just forget all of the moments of of you know <laughs> excellence that appear throughout. I think that's because, weirdly enough, I think this is possibly only my second viewing of it. Oh, really? I watched it. I Wait, watched it so when, really late. What year did you say it was? Uh, 2008. Um, 2008, yes. yes. That's a little while ago now. Yeah, so I would have seen it at least. Mm. And then possibly maybe it was on one night and I caught half of it or something like that because I was like, oh, I'll watch that. That's good, mm. you know, or whatever like that. And then literally this is the... So it's either the second or third time that uh, every time that I've seen it. But oddly enough, it comes back. Those bits, like the bits yeah. where you're like, shit, yeah, like you <laughs> piss yourself, but you're like, yeah, I really fucked that caught me last time. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, yeah maybe that's maybe that's the key to it, is that there is you need to leave it. It's not necessarily a quotable film. Uh, I actually I wrote down one quote. Why the hands in the freezer? Yeah, <laughs> and it's just because there, it's that it, kind it, of thing. Yeah, like they're not groundbreaking, but when they happen during the film, it's like yeah, that just works in that moment. You've just changed the feel enough, and especially because it happens to each of them. I think that as I was watching, I was thinking they're all failing, all of them, even though they're different characters. Some are strong, yeah. um, like Andy Serkis. I mean, he he plays a really good part. Like he's pretty serious. Yeah, and he's he's trying to do his best, but with a couple of very inept. <laughs> or so I, I guess I guess Rhys Shearsmith, um, Peter, is is kind of normal. I mean, he is he is inept, but not quite to the level of um, who's the other Andrew. Andrew, yeah, yeah right. So he yeah. he is really inept and fails miserably. <laughs> Peter seems like he might do all right occasionally, and then it just goes terribly wrong. Um, and David is obviously he, he's. He's tough, you know. You you wouldn't really want to mess with him, probably, but he mm. still fails miserably. Um, so yeah, it's like even being overconfident, hubris that that can only take you so far. Probably only a little bit further than the inept guy, who's also going to end up terribly. Who I love, I and... forgot how heavily he's in like the comic strip and stuff. So I'd forgotten what mm. like a, a, a you know a staple of British comedy. Yeah, he is. he's one of those people who just he, he kind of goes under the radar, and then every time you see him, you go, "I've never seen him do a bad performance." Like he mm. always totally smashes it every time. I must confess, if I see him in anything, I'm just immediately Spudgar. Yes. Yeah. That's just in my head. He's rich out in that. If if Christopher Ryan had walked in at that point, I, the, the whole scene would have been playing it. <laughs> but yes. I, um, uh, it's um, Stephen O'Donnell, and yeah, yeah like you say, he's in um, like he's Spud Gun in Bartman, he's in loads of the comic strips, he's in he's he's one of the angels in the video for uh, 
the Eurythmics, there must be an angel. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's a load of like sort of cherubs, and one of mm. them, and, I, and weirdly enough, I did spot him. <laughs> I remember seeing him going, I, I expect nothing less of you, Adam. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Sitting up but, late at night watching your music <laughs> videos on YouTube. Yeah. And he was in, yeah, he's in 12 comic strips. Yeah. So he's in, he, you know, he's he's in a lot. And sort of, so him being in it, I like the fact that it's like it links the sort of late 80s comedy scene with the late 90s comedy scene because you've got Ray Shearsmith in there. Yeah. And obviously, like, sort of League of Gentlemen was like sort of 98, I think. And, mm. you know, and the comic strip was sort of a, like early 80s and stuff like that. But it's almost like you get those two generations there, both of whom act it's really strange that everything in this everyone works as a double act yeah mm. so when obviously the brothers when it's andy circus and bruce shearsmith that works perfectly as a double act but also he has a double act relationship with andrew yeah yeah you know yeah I mean, like when he's true. sitting there and he's going I, I, I didn't just do it for the money and he's like Everything you've ever done in your life, you fucked up. You shut up, or whatever it is. I can't... Actually, that said, there is one line in this that is the quote of this film, but is also the quote that could never be used on a movie poster or on a t-shirt or something like that. And that floors me every single time I've watched this. Is just that build-up as Andy Circus is going off to go to use the payphone in the village, hmm. and he's like had a go at them both, he stormed out and then he has to come back in, get his keys off him and just walks off and it's that <laughs> block me in, you cunt. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's outstanding. But the, the thing that gets me every time, and, and it still does, and it's, I think, if anything, it's what would have put me off of it, watching this, if I'm being absolutely honest, is Jennifer Ellison. Like if someone mm. had said, "Oh, there's a new comedy, there's a new horror comedy out. It's got Jennifer Ellison in it." To me, at the time, in the sort of early two, I was like, "Well, that's a that... mark in the negative." Her comedy mm. timing in this is so yeah. perfect; it gets. She's amazing. Like, I've seen this, as I say, possibly eight, ten times, and every time I forget how outstanding she is in this mm. film. Yeah. I, I again because I mean, really, and there's a double yeah. act there as well, like Adam was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah when she perfectly with yeah. Reese. Yeah, her and Reese is fucking mm. brilliant, <laughs> especially because that that sort of weird turnaround of she's kidnapped him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because there's a lovely thing about this film that it it's like you get this really nice, absurd underworld comedy, like a kidnap plot of a gangland boss's daughter mm. and sort of stuff like that which is quite sort of of its time, you know, sort of like heist movies and sort of cool gangster stuff and things like that. Mm. And then it's, weirdly enough, it happens to take place across the road from England's version of Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> and the fact that it can just sort of like trip over itself and stumble into that film. And mm. it's really good because it doesn't, change anything that's happening within the characters from the first half mm. is they're now like shit we're in this utterly 
<laughs> this utterly changed environment. We've got all this other shit still going on. Mm. But now this is really sort of just it is it's, it's taking priority. Yes, it's ripped the rug out, you know. But it is very much a film of two halves, and I can't, I'm sure the mm. first few times I saw it, I kind of forgot that. I remembered the funny stuff in the house, and mm. then I kind of forgot how mental it gets at the end when they end up in the farm. Um, yeah, and it just, it, 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 it's, it, it's strange because you kind of, you say, well, how can you forget the strange, you know, deranged farmer killer? But actually, mm. it, all I remember is Jennifer Ellison's hilarious lines and, you know, Andy Serkis getting so mm. frustrated and losing his shit in such a comical that I kind of, <laughs> that's what I gravitate to in my mind yeah. about it. And I forget about the fact it's basically Friday the 13th. Mm. Yeah. It's like they stump they stumble into like part three of a ongoing like sort of slasher film series. <laughs> and it's yeah, you know, when it's sort of like it's got fully bedded in and it's the guy who plays the classic version of the farmer <laughs> is, yeah. is in that what is the first film he did. Everyone agrees it's the best one, you know. <laughs> and um yeah, it's but yeah, going back to Jennifer Ellison, obviously, I mean, she was in Brookside and basically was sort of in a lot of like lads mags, mags and stuff like that. Mm. And oh my god, she's fucking great in this. And, mm. and that's the thing. If it, it's the fact that she was in a show that I was like, well, everybody, I think, like either you were a Brookside fan or you hated it more than anything. So the fact that she's in it, I'd have gone, no, I'm not. I'm not watching it. I'm not. But yeah, you're right. She's well, absolutely also, perfect. Also, Soapstar kind of always gives off that vibe. Yeah, you know, you you see something, it's like, oh, they're going, what they're going to try and do proper acting. It's like they have been doing acting regularly. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, when you actually think about it, it's like, oh yeah, they've been regularly acting as a steady wage for yeah. about three years, <laughs> for three about times five hours on uh, five hours yeah. a week on TV. That's pretty <laughs> heavy going. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. That, sorry, you're right. It is. It's not. It's not so much Brookside. It's uh, yeah. All soap actors would mm. automatically put my heckles up, and I'd be like, "Oh no, I don't. I don't think I need to see this." But I always thought the the happened the other way around with um Craig Charles as Lister going yeah. into. Did he go into Emmerdale? Corey Coronation Street. Oh, Coronation. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm terrible with soaps, but um, but yeah, and I always thought if he'd gone the other way around, would that have put me off Red Dwarf? Like, and yet that would have been such a miss to have said I'm not going to watch that because it's from Coronation Street and yeah well as they said the first mind you first time around with Red Wolf as they said the weirdest thing was is that the setup was we've got who's starring in it a poet an impressionist and a dancer <laughs> and yeah. a stand up comedian it was like there's not an actor in this or anything no. like that so, um, but but yeah, so but I I love the fact that her character is is from the off, utterly in fucking control of the situation. Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. That's precisely yeah. what I was about to say. You see her yeah. unconscious in the back of the car, and you're like, oh my god, that poor girl. Mm. And as soon as she wakes up, despite the fact she's tied to a bed and cannot move, she is in control from moment it, one. I tell you what, you know, what it made me think of if somebody did that to Jennifer, it'd be like, yeah, you're going to regret that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to go well for you <laughs> yeah but it's just and, and also she's just 
she's the weirdest thing is she's very good at looking menacing with a fucking gag on, <laughs> and she's just sitting there, and it's like she she's just like. It's it's a look that you only see on like caged animals. Mm. You know, it's like it's like a proper sort of like when I get free, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's a, a, a and also it's the right side of comedic as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's yeah, it's it's a, just a very it's a very strange film in that way, even though it's actually a fairly easy film to enjoy. You know, it's not a complex plot. No, yeah, there's not many yeah. people in it either. No. You say, the people who are there, they, they do, they all bounce off of each other fantastically. Like everyone's on the same page with exactly what they're trying to achieve and the level of seriousness and comedy. Um, yeah, and it's just a perfectly put together little set. It's it just works so well. And I even I got slightly I was like, oh, is it going to get too dark? And then they just kept that balance perfect <laughs> all the way through, right to the end when he goes down the steps, and you're like, this is <laughs> uh, you know, it's almost gone right for him. <laughs> like, does, what's going to happen next? Does that mean that you have not seen the end of credits sequence thing? Oh. Chris? No. Where, and I'll be honest, for no fucking reason, Stephen Burkoff turns up to not utter a single line and then sort of have the farmer run at him. Like, yeah. he t- he's basically, he's meant to be the gangland dad, turns up, up what is it, Arnie? Yeah. yeah turns okay. up at, at, the, at the farm, gets out of the car, walks up, they do a big panning shot, go, yes, we've got Stephen Burkoff to do our film. Doesn't say a word, farmer runs out, and then it comes up the end question mark. <laughs> okay, well, I've, I've got this to look forward to then. <laughs> yeah. But speaking it's of just, cameos, but Doug Bradley. Yes. <laughs> Who gets no a much better cameo ever. than Stephen Burkoff <laughs> in that he gets to speak. <laughs> and, and he gets it. Yeah. You can see he gets the tone. You know, he's mm. like, sort of like, no, this is going to be a bit arch. <laughs> and there are going to be, uh, and probably three quarters of this audience should be shouting, fucking pin it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I just, this is one of those, again, this is another one of those films that I just feel we should be screaming from the rooftops <laughs> because... A bit like the film we're going to cover on our next episode as well. They're, they're, they're perfect companion pieces. They're so well put together. They're so balanced between the horror and the comedy. And and again, people, again, like with Jennifer Ellison, people in them who you wouldn't necessarily go, oh, a horror film with them in it. I definitely need to put that on my watch list. Mm. But if you don't, you're really missing out. And I think a lot of people don't. And and I don't know why this film... Yeah, I still don't know why this I, film went as unsung as it did, really. I went and had a look back, because there wasn't really much online. Like, you know, I, and I'm talking basics. Like, there wasn't a big trivia section on IMDb or anything like that. Mm. And um, I did... Uh, sort of, But one of the things was, is that um, I, saw, I went and... F- 
found some old interviews with the director Paul Andrew Williams from around the time, mm. and all they all they keep mentioning is Severance and Sean and the Dead, and uh, I think that uh... it's coming out in that same sort of thing. It's like, yeah, it's a good film. It's not Shaun of the Dead. No. You know, it's it's a different thing. I'm not saying that it has to be Shaun of the Dead. I reckon it'd make it'd make a decent double bill. Oh, exactly. This is exactly, yeah. And mm. But it was sort of, with that coming up, I was like, that's probably why it's just been outshone. Yeah. And I suppose I said, though, that's that's deserved that, or when, not, we know. You know, which... when you've got something as good as Shaun of the Dead that comes out, yeah, mm. you kind of other things will suffer unfairly really yeah yeah and they sort of and both this this and um the film we'll be doing next severance severance yeah same same sort of time same sort of thing mm. i think that Sh- no, Shaun have... of the dead is the one that's resonated or sort of yeah. like has maintained a profile and, and no uh, you have mentioned severance i think uh, like at least once maybe a few times but i still yeah. don't know anything about it and again, it's not one that is, I think people liked it at the time, but it just never seemed to get any traction beyond that. I mean, Paul Andrew Williams, who directed The Cottage, um, I was like, right, I don't know anything else he's done. And he did, um, but the film he did before this, he he wrote The Cottage to be his first film. He like started off wanting to be an actor, then he decided to be a director. Hmm. And he wrote The Cottage because it was like, right, this is a simple film to make. Mm. You know, one location, very few characters, et cetera, et cetera. And he couldn't get that made. And in the meantime, he wrote over a weekend, he wrote London to Brighton, which is the film he went on to make. Now, London to Brighton is like a proper... That's a bike ride, isn't it? it, Yes, but it's also a very heavy brilliant film i mean it's a great fucking film but it is like it's but it's ken loach sort of great in so much as oh christ oh jesus christ (laughs) you know it's i like that in a movie i don't like that every night in a fucking movie but (laughs) it's brilliant just Mm -hmm. just to give you an idea of how bleak it is the dad from fucking um this is england is in it and he only turns up for the for terrible things so <laughs> um but yeah so he did london brighton and then everyone was like he won loads of awards for it and everyone was like oh there's this new direction so he followed it up with the cottage <laughs> and he was and he was basically like no fuck off you're not putting me you know you've said yes uh, he's, he's like everyone kept saying i was like ken loach i watched half of kez for the first time yesterday <laughs> it was like you know he's like yeah get what they mean but he'd sort of written london to brighton almost in this like vacuum mm. and created this thing but he doesn't like he said he doesn't want to just do that it's not you know and which is fantastic so it's like it's not going to be he wants to do you know you just want to do horror or you just want to do social realism or you you know whatever it is mm. um but yeah so the other films he's done, he did the documentary Murdered for Being Different um, and Murdered by My Boyfriend. Uh, Cherry Tree Lane, which is a bit bloody hard going um, mm. from what I gather. Uh, I've not, c- can't confess I've seen it, but um, uh, some episodes of Broadchurch and a film that I'd heard a lot about recently called Bull, which is like a sort of gangland revenge thing. 
um, with Neil Maskell in it. Okay. But, yeah, so I think The Cottage is kind of like his outlier of... I mean, that's not to say there aren't moments of humour in any of his films, but I think The mm. Cottage was his... Yeah, you know, and the way he talks about it is, it was like, yeah, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do this film, and also, it's like my tribute to eighties slashers. You know, mm. in so much as it's like, yeah, you have to have, you know, these archetypes have to go in there. This moment has to happen, as it were. But mm. you know, it's, I think it's a surprise eighties slasher, which is what I yeah. love about mm. it because you do. You kind of you again. It's another one of those films we've had them a few times, where we know it's a horror film because we're sitting down to watch it for a horror podcast. But you yeah. get wrapped up in the crime yeah, in and the, the comedy, absolutely. and it yeah. goes on for like forty minutes, and then all of a sudden you go, "Oh shit, yeah, no, this is a horror film. There does have to be some, you know, some actual, you know, a slasher or whatever." Um, yeah, but yeah, like you get so comfortable and so into it that your mind just forgets where you're inevitably going to end up, which is yeah. excellent. I mean, maybe, and maybe that's another thing as well, is it's just that, that sort of switch in the middle. That's that sort of false start almost. Hmm. Well, it's not a false start, you know, but is that another reason why it's sort of like people weren't as into it or, you know, or, you know, it didn't get, because I mean the the one thing I mean sort of like yeah when I I think what was the um, what was the thing I was thinking uh, sorry I've just completely lost it there so <laughs> talking about yourselves get some magazines or whatever like that I had a first day back we're, we're doing well yeah, it's, well you know we'd, we'd, I'd managed I'd managed to ramble for um, that's it there we go I found it. It was a quote. Hey. It was written down, which I got from the direct, like from a quote of by the director was, uh, "It's a film to watch with your mates on a Friday night," which is. Mm. But also, what was it? He, um, that's that's the term he used when he was talking about eighties movies. He said, um, "That, but then there are some films that are like R-rated Scooby Doo episodes. That's what I've tried to make." <laughs> and, and you know, I I was like, yeah, I, I get, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, they definitely have that sort of feeling. Oh, the mm. and another thing that I did, uh, the one sort of fact I could glean for you, is the symbolism of the mugs. So, each of them drinks tea. Yeah, each of the three main characters drinks tea. From and the mugs that come out the sideboard all have something written on them. Yes, Jennifer Ellison's one's got the boss written on it, doesn't it? Because she is. Yes. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Reese Reese says, "I love tea," because he does. (laughs) And Andy Circus has got, "I'm with stupid." You know, I was just so I'd seen that. I was like, I'm watching out for that. That's I was very pleased to see it there. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very well thought. But again, like a lot of things in it, I think it is a very well thought out film. Although it, as you say, although it's a very basic story to begin with, it, it's two basic stories effectively kind yeah. of melded together. Um, but yeah, they cram so much stuff in like comedy wise and as you say the references and stuff like i always forget that there's that chinese gang outside who have turned mm. up to 
to kill her and the oh, hair what, the, yeah, yeah, because yeah, because they seem like they're yeah. going to be very important. Yeah, and then yeah. they are. Not. <laughs> that I I wondered if that was something that was stuck in for runtime or something like that almost like because that. because it just doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know but, the, the the it's the only thing it indicates to you is that they're on to Andrew and. The fact that they've got a bag full of napkins tells you that they're on to Andrew. So I think it'd be just more interesting. It's like a neb, you know, just they didn't need to be there because eventually all that happens is that um, Jennifer Ellison and Rishi Smith stumble on the farm anyway. Yeah. So well, even though the it's, farm it's, is picking them off, I don't know whether it's just to suggest how dangerous the farmer is or. I think it does add to the this is like it's. A fantastical story, but it still feels real. It's like this is what happens mm. when a horror film happens, really, in real life with these yeah. people who are just yeah. this is how they would be. It's not a film where it's been written to be, you know, really impressive. Everybody's doing great, kind of thing. Like so, yeah. yeah so true. I think in a way they they add to that. They're like, well, they're incidental, but they could just be there and they've got involved a little bit. But really, <laughs> that's that's the end of their story. Yeah. And again, they need to, somebody needs to relay back to the mm. head of the family where the cottage is. So I suppose mm. they're in there. So they're in there just to make the after credit sequence work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that maybe that's what it was. It was just because it's like, well, we we paid for Stephen Burkoff. <laughs> we need uh, to he explain would... it. Oh dear. He t- <laughs> he turned he turned up making Marlon Brand look like Marlon Brando and Apocalypse Now seem like a professional well well demeanored man to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> Told him to F off, said he wasn't gonna say a line, said you can film my boots and then lick them. <laughs> <laughs> and fucked off back to his theatre. But yeah, so this is definitely a recommend for me again. Mm. Um yeah, it is one that I I do bring out semi frequently and always enjoy. Um, and it is it is funny. It does come out in a cycle with Shaun of the Dead and Severance generally. Mm. Um, it's it's you know when you watch something and you enjoy it so much you want to watch something close to it. So mm, yeah, yeah. So those, it's helpful in that sense, definitely. Yeah. that you've got those others that you can sort of latch onto there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's always a, a fun fun cycle so yes speaking of which uh as we've said uh so this is our countryside um mm-hmm. a month we're calling it countryside mm-hmm. cid e very nice there adam by uh mm-hmm. that's it, that's, <laughs> that sounded like we just fought the police <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> countryside cid <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, yeah, so we are going to be doing um, Severance for our next episode. Uh, the Danny Dyer movie from a year, somewhere around 2008. I think, 2008? I think possibly before 2008. Yes. Uh, is... But yeah, it's easy to find. You'll manage, guys. Um yeah, it's the one with Danny Dyer. Don't watch uh, like two series of the it's American ser- yeah. TV series yeah. Severance, and then wonder what the fuck we're talking about when we say about Andy Nyman. All right. 
Uh, it's 2006. There mm. we go. Um, yeah, and, and again, it's back to that, uh, not to you know blow our load before we've covered it, but it's that <laughs> modern horror, um, a modern comedy horror, but bringing in people, because there's an actor in it from like Blackadder and stuff, so it's got all that tie up mm -hmm. as well, which we were saying with mm. previous decades, you know, standout characters. So yes, so go and check out The Cottage if you've never seen it. Go and check out Severance and we will see you to discuss that in a fortnight's time. Thanks very much. Have a good New Year. Goodbye. New Year. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>